0: The Scoop Podcast, brought to you by Point Park University.
1: It's time for another edition of the Scoop Podcast, presented by Point Park University, and some special guests joining Sam Kassan and myself, Josh Getzoff. We have the Gensels, Mike Gensel, Jake Gensel, uh, taking some time with us here as a part of the annual Penguins Dad's Trip. Guys, thanks for
2: being with us. Yeah, no yeah, problem. Thanks.
3: Might as well start off with the Dad's Trip, what's it been like so far, and I know every year you get this, this experience, but every year's got to be special, regardless of the time and the place.
2: Yeah, this is my first. This is my third time, but my first one where I'll get to do the whole trip. Uh, with my job, the last couple of years, I think I did the front half of one trip and the back half of another trip. So I get to see two games, spend you know four days with Jake, and kind of see what it's life like on the life on the road in the NHL player.
3: Got any good stories of Jake growing up? Was he it youngin'? Uh,
2: it's no different today than it was <laughs> when he started playing. It's the same stuff, you know. He just keeps playing, and you know, I mean. I've watched Jake a lot of years. Been able to coach him. Been able to follow him. Uh, been able to help him, coach him, doing whatever. Chew his butt sometimes, but uh, you know what? It's uh, you know you wear a lot of different hats. So you know it's he's always had some special gifts and tried to make sure he maximizes potential every time. You know so um, you know I know when it's going good. Uh, you know he's talkative when it's not going so good. You know he knows or he doesn't talk too much and you know so. Uh, my other guys always tell me that they just have to remind me that he's in the nhl and you know things will work out yeah Yeah, so he's got to kind of figure it out dad just leave him alone
1: (laughs) was there you mentioned all your time coaching at minnesota and just coaching in general was there a time where you looked at jake maybe not as your son but just as a player and thought that the potential was there that he could make it to the highest level
2: um you know you you always wonder and you always kind of think maybe you'd love to have that opportunity as a player and then as a parent to see one of your kids have that chance Mm -hmm. Uh, I think Jake's biggest uh, growth year or development year where you kind of started to say boy you know there's some things going in the right direction here is when he decided as a senior in high school to move away and go to Sioux City and play in the USHL and you know my other two boys stayed at home and went through the North American League in the USHL and Jake took the plunge and Um, It worked out and he had a good year there and they immediately brought him into college and you know that was the time when he was in Sioux City where he was drafted by the Penguins in the third round and then you start to say oh you know that nine months I guess is maybe there is hope, maybe there is an opportunity and um, he's made the most of it in the three years after that to get himself ready to play through his college experience and so that was probably the one time where I would have thought you know geez maybe this is working out the right way.
3: What was it like when you left home, I just being a senior in high school you're still pretty young and being on your own?
4: Yeah, it was tough. I mean, um obviously high school was fun, you with your friends and uh and whatnot, but uh, I just think the right step was to go to juniors and um and try and further my hockey career and um it was obviously tough being home I and mean, um first time with all your parents and, and your brothers and um but I had a great bill of family there. I had a roommate that uh, I went to high school with so I uh, had some familiarity there and um obviously it worked out.
3: In Omaha, Nebraska. What's there to do in Omaha? Yeah, I
4: don't know. I mean <laughs> Not much to do, so, um, but obviously a really small school and, and kind of guys that kind of uh, blend together well and we kind of stayed together. Uh, so um, a, lot of fun, a lot of fun three years there and um, have my, bre- maybe some, uh, my best friends there, so it's been a good time.
3: Is it good when there's not a lot going on you can kind of focus on not only hockey, but also you have that camaraderie, the guys just bonding together and being around each other all the time?
4: Yeah, I think so. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. We came together as a team and um, you make lifelong friends in college. And, um, i for sure done that, so um, I think we were focused on hockey, and I um, was fortunate to make the Frozen Four one year.
3: What was it like when the Penguins called your name? I, I know going into the draft, I'm sure you knew some people were on your list, knew a couple teams that Scott you didn't really like, including the Penguins, yeah. so what was it like to finally hear your, your name called?
4: Yeah, it was special. I mean, um, one of the teams I've watched growing up just because, um, obviously, the names on the team and, um, and how they like to play, so um, obviously a special feeling to be there with my parents, and um, it was a cool day for all of us.
3: And I don't,
4: you know, the Islanders
3: were obviously looking at you, the Penguins thought they lost you. Yeah. Like, you know
4: that story? Yeah, you
2: know, you sit there like, I hadn't, you know, gone to the draft a couple of times, but you don't really, you know, follow it as close until you know, geez, you got a son here that might get drafted and, you know, so you wait and all of a sudden they, you know, they go through this first round and then it's like, well, the guy stands up there and he starts announcing, you know, from the USHL and all you started kind of picking up, you know, and it's like, okay, you know. There's only so many players in the USHL that are listed. Who could this be? And you know the Islanders are one pick ahead. And um, I was actually rec- uh, involved in recruiting the kid that the Islanders took one pick ahead of Jake. But I know uh, after the fact that the scout in the area that was uh, I worked with last year, coaching at Minnesota, Scott Bell, uh, you know was sitting there I guess crossing his fingers, hoping that you know the next pick would be um, you know available for j- them to take Jake. And that's the way it worked out. So. Um, it was a nervous time there, you know, it was kind of one of those deals where when you hear it, you're excited, but, you know, I mean, you don't care which team, you're just waiting to get called, you know, so when they didn't take him, he took the other player to Camerata. then uh, the next pick was Jake, and, you know, you just kind of, you like to hear that USHL, that means something about good is about to happen.
3: Quite a wave of emotions, like, oh, this could be it, <laughs> oh, and the next pick's like, oh, it's is it. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, I mean, it's kind of the way it works in the draft and stuff, but you just never know, I mean, there's, Certain things that go on, you know. I mean, Jake had to go through some different interview processes. I know one team made him take his shirt off and, you know, looked at him and said, oh, "I don't know if there's much growth there." Another team had him do a little bone scan type of thing to see if there is potential growth. So I mean, you go through some things besides the interview process and stuff, and that's it's all part of the experience. And people do their homework, obviously. I mean, it's a huge pick, and. Um, a lot goes into it, and I, I learned through the process, uh, through the interviews and stuff that went on, that there was a lot of extensive research and figuring out if Jake had the body, let alone the, you know the hockey skill to go with it.
3: You had to overcome a lot being undersized. I think a lot of people thought that, and you, I think I read somewhere you, there was a milestone when you hit 100 pounds uh, for for you guys. I mean, what's it like kind of overcoming basically the naysayers saying you're you're too small or you don't have what it takes or maybe you don't have the body? But here you are and had a dominant rookie year. 13 goals as a rookie, your name's up in the history books in the NHL. Does that give you a little uh, punch in your gird when you can prove those guys wrong?
4: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I just think growing up, you're, uh, you hear you're too small, you're too weak, and all that, and um, everyone's kind of doubting you. So um, I think that just kind of gives you a little more motivation to show um, that you are a player and you can do it no matter your size or, or whatnot. So um, obviously it feels good now to um, to know you've made it, and you're just trying, to, you're trying to do everything you can to make sure uh, you stay here now. And um, obviously, it's it feels good to to maybe uh, stick to the people that think I good.
3: It's interesting though that those guys are having those questions, those doubts, and now you've got all these kids this year's draft. When a lot of them are asked who you emulate your game after, who you look up to, a lot of them said Jake. Yeah, so these <laughs> been in the league for a couple years. Yeah. But all these guys, how, how crazy is that? It's only a couple of years ago that was you in those shoes getting drafted and years later now these kids are looking up to you.
4: Yeah, I mean, um, it was definitely weird seeing that. I think um, first time for everything. So, I mean, um, obviously you're trying to um, just play the game and, and do what I do. And um, obviously these kids like something. So um, it's cool to see and um, hopefully more kids like that.
1: Jake, when you first got called up, uh, if we could jump to that game against the Rangers, the first two shots go in. But kind of take us through that moment when you got the call, when you knew you were going to obviously the family came in for that game but that whole process of arranging everyone to get into town getting ready to go to Pittsburgh and knowing you're gonna play New York Rangers an original six team in your first game.
4: Yeah I um, was at the grocery store in Wilkes-Barre when I found out and um, was going over to teammates some uh, teammates house have some dinner with some guys and um, got the call from Clark Dantelli the a HL coach and said you're going up so um, had to instantly call my parents and um, say I was playing tomorrow night, and it's crazy because they think they got in the, next, uh, the flight the next morning. And um, glad it all worked out that both my parents and my brother could come for that game.
3: Mike, how, what was that like for you when you when you got the call, or did you call your, <laughs> your mom or yours?
2: We you know we were we, we were in the process of moving. You know, we had moved out of our house and we were uh, building a town townhome. Um, so we were living at Alex Goligoski's condominium in downtown Minneapolis, and. You know, it was kind of a really nice setting and um, actually, actually that Sunday night we had just had dinner and I was doing video at the table and uh, my wife was looking at the computer I think just trying to figure out you know when's the next time I'm going to go out and see Jake is kind of what she does you know I'm trying to get out once every you know four to five weeks and stuff and so Jake called me and I was like you know he just I just got the call I got the call for what and I like yeah going up and I go you mean you're, you're going where he goes I'm going to Pittsburgh they're going to play tomorrow night and I go really so it was kind of you know you were just in awe and kind of like wow I mean this is amazing and I knew he was playing well and stuff but it's you know something you don't really expect I mean it's not a guarantee so um, you know it was just and, and then he started saying Dad I think I'm playing with Kessel and Malkin tomorrow night and I'm like, holy cow you know so we we decided and I mean that's my wife I mean she started clicking buttons and the next thing you know the three of us were on a flight the next morning and. You know, we got to Pittsburgh about 3 o'clock and went across the street and waited it out until he could get into the building and, you know, I wasn't going to miss warm-ups. I wasn't going to miss anything. I mean, it was like this is, you know, a a once-in-a-lifetime thing, you know, as a a hockey player, you grow up, and I certainly did, I think, and I wanted to be an NHL player, you know, and you don't have the opportunity yourself. You certainly Mm would like to see one of your kids have the opportunity and, you know, for Jake to have that chance, uh, you know, was really unique for us and you know, obviously my son's reaction I think spoke yeah. for itself. I mean <laughs> We're um, get there. Yeah, <laughs> he was over the top and but I mean it's just you know, it was crazy. We literally sat there before the game and Ryan looked at me and said, What do you think, Dad? I said, Geez, I just hope we can play ten solid minutes tonight, not make any mistakes and just, you know, be a part of the game. That's a good and, coach right there. You <laughs> know, I mean really and then look out and I mean it was seriously in the forty seconds in the game yeah. I grabbed my wife's leg and I'm like, look he's out there. I mean this is incredible, he jumps over the boards and Branta, the
0: Finnish native 27 year old goaltender, up to step on and he'll bang it up to center. He's got Nash on one wing and Michael Grabner on the other. Penguins with a steal and here they come in a shot off Branta under the glove. In the net it goes and the Penguins have cashed in. It's Jake Gensel with his first NHL goal on his first NHL shot. Oh, he is smiling like a butcher's dog. Branta had it go off his glove, it appeared, and the pen strike first. And they lead a minute and two seconds into this game.
1: Oh, Oh my goodness. It doesn't get any better than that right there. First shift, first shot, first National
0: Hockey League goal for Jake Gensel.
2: You know, a couple loops in the neutral zone, next thing you know, you're going in and scoring a goal. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Well, you know, it was like the first TV timeout, I mean, I'm so revved up and nervous. I got to go to the bathroom and stuff. And so <laughs> I'm literally standing in the hallway and the guy's got his hand next to me. He can't go down until there's a stoppage. Well, I'm standing with a beer in my hand and the next thing I know. And
0: around from the near side, the Rangers. Give it away to Kessel. He comes back now with a three on two. Kessel on the right side. Schultz joins the play, it goes to Malkin. redirects stop, rebound, score! Kessel again! Jake kessel has got two! And the Penguins have a two-nothing lead! and ranta just lost his liquor license jake Gensel, right there right spot right time goal number two who does he think he is austin matthews holy moly welcome to the league kid
2: jake scores again you know, and I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. I mean, so just, I can still remember it was like it's yesterday. I mean, the first time there was a four on four, he had two goals and all of a sudden he's out there with Crosby and, and uh, Latang, and I'm like, this is incredible. I mean, you're thinking just 10 minutes survival, now you get two goals and you're playing four on four with Crosby and Latang. you know, f- 15 minutes into the first period. I'm like, this is unbelievable. So it was just, you know, something that uh, you'll never forget.
3: What the family remember more of the goals or Ryan's reaction? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> he's Ryan, Viral.
2: <laughs> yeah. He's yes. trying to forget that as much as possible, and it, it just keeps popping up no matter what. And he just keeps uh, he's proud obviously, but it's always got to have the look of shame when he when he sees <laughs> it. So, um, but it's you know, go home that night and you watch NHL Network and weeks and them guys are breaking it down and circling things and you know I mean, it's like this is incredible. So I mean it was uh, it was pretty fun, and but that you know that kind of shows you too, like with our family. Uh, you know, Jake was our youngest, and there was a gap between my two and my three with about six years, but the brothers never looked at it anything other than, you know, complete support, and um, there wasn't any animosity or jealousy. not Why not me? Or, geez, Dad, how come I didn't get this opportunity? And it's like, hey, you know what? Take, make the most of what he got, and they were very, very proud and excited. I mean, my other boy from Germany, I called him right away that night, and he said, Dad, mark my words, Jake was scoring his first NHL game. And I'm like, really? And, I mean, it couldn't have been five minutes after the goal. He's up in, he's in Germany watching the game. You three know, in the morning. Three in the morning, and he's texting me, see, I told you. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, you know, I mean, those guys had a pretty good intuition when Jake was younger that good things were going to happen, and um, they certainly worked out.
3: It's like having your brothers, too, being so supportive. Obviously, growing up, you, you want to emulate your older brothers, your cool, cooler, older brothers. and Is that why you got kind of into the game? Also, obviously, your dad coaching. but
4: Yeah, I mean, I just think... All of us grew up in the rink, I and mean, um, with him and then my brothers. I think I was I uh, spent a lot of time in the rink, and um, just the competition that I would try and um, I'd try to do against them. I mean, um, I was a lot younger, but um, I thought I had to be just as good as them because uh, I just have a competitive thing about me, and um, a lot of slashes along the way, a lot of <laughs> fights. But um, I think that's just uh, it. Only made all of us better, and uh, and we had fun with it.
3: So you have your brothers to thank for your success. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah for sure. sure yeah. I'll tell you that, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the fearless style of play comes from going against Yeah, them. oh yeah. <laughs> those goals against New York, though, that kind of was almost a jump start to what was probably a pretty insane and crazy whirlwind of a few months for you there, going all the way to winning the Stanley Cup against Nashville, and as Sam mentioned, setting all those NHL rookie records in the process. But... How did you kind of stay? I mean, were you almost just riding the wave the entire time there? Because it seemed like every time, everything you touched in the playoffs was going in the net that year. It was unbelievable.
4: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, it's still hard to think about how how it all happened that year. I mean, um, in the playoffs there, it was just kind of seeming like the puck was finding me, and um, I was fortunate to be on good good ends a couple of plays. And um, you're not trying to think about it too much, but you're knowing like, wow, this is really happening, and and we're winning, and um, you're just trying to help a team win and, and make it back-to-back there so um, it was fun there and I think we all realized it was it was pretty special but you just try to ride the wave as long as you can because you know there's gonna be uh, setbacks and times and but um, obviously it was a good journey. The overtime winner against Columbus had to be obviously a
3: highlight, the hat trick and everything capping everything off, what was that like?
4: Yeah I mean first hat trick in the NHL I think that was pretty cool and um, to do it in the playoffs uh, especially in overtime, I think to get that winner as a first um, overtime goal, so it was a pretty cool experience and um, obviously a good play.
3: And what was it, I, I know this is the mundane question. What was it like to win the Cup? It's a childhood dream, and most people don't. They have to work years and years and years. Ron Hainsey he was on the team and went 15 years without even making the playoffs. Yeah. Right. And then here you come, just it's the whirlwind of a season. You get called up in the middle of the year make the team and then next thing you know you're lifting the Stanley Cup at the end
4: of the year. Yeah, it's hard to describe it. I mean, um, you never expect it. You never expect to make the NHL. You never expect to win the Stanley Cup. So, um, especially in your first year, I mean, uh, it it was a lot of hard work. But, I mean, um, the playoffs were a fun time. I think uh, that's when you want to play as a player. And um, to have my family there, uh, parents and both brothers, I think that was the coolest thing, just to share it with them at the end. And, And after that, it was pretty fun.
3: What was it like for the family? Obviously, uh, see your son you know. achieve the highest achievement you
2: can in the sport. Yeah, I mean, you could just go like for us. I mean, you go back even, you know, to the kind of when it started, to the middle, to the end. I mean, it was just, it's improbable. I mean, it is a dream. I mean, it's never something to expect. And um, I remember, like, I mean, I just go back to, you know, two weeks after Jake scored two goals and he's half, you know, had a good start, and he goes back to the American League, you know, and it's just like, okay, you know, I got to keep playing. And, I you know, the one thing I respect as a coach is when you go back, your game goes in the right direction. You don't drop your lip and your head and, you know, I think Jake went back and had a good run there and then when he got called back up, I remember getting a text from him and said, I will stay, I'm ready for this and that was the last, you know, minute he ever had to be in Wilkesbury and um, you know, and he just he took advantage of the opportunity. I mean and I, you know, to go through that playoff thing, I still remember like I was yesterday again when I was driving from a junior game and Jake scored in overtime and I was listening to the broadcast on the radio and, you know, there's a delayed reaction obviously between the radio and the live stuff and all of a sudden as I'm, you know, and it's, it's overtime and you're stressed and he had two goals during the game, but it's like they got to win this game. I mean, you're thinking as a coach, this is a pivotal game on the series sure. and, you know, all of a sudden, I'm just sitting there, and I'm driving, and now my phone's going beep, 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 and it's buzzing, and I'm like, what the heck just went on? And I looked, and I, was like, I had about 10 text messages that, that fast, and, I, and, and um, Mike Lang hasn't even said, Gensel scores yet. And I'm like, I looked at my phone, and it's like, he scored. And all of a sudden, boom, you hear the radio broadcast.
0: Crosby around looking for Shiri. Instead, he goes to the left of the net now, goes to the right against the bar. In front of Gensel! Scores! Gensel wins it for the Penguins! What a play by Crosby! What a finish by Gensel! It's a final! Pittsburgh 5, Columbus 4, and ladies and gentlemen, Elvis has just left the building. What a move and finish by Crosby and Gensel.
2: You know, to be there in the playoffs, I mean, and it was, you know, it's interesting, I think, you know, good first round, pretty solid second round, you know, geez, maybe we have to scratch Jake in the third round, and you know, it's tough, and I kept telling him, hey, you're going against Eric Carlson, you're going against some pretty good players, it's not easy, and then, you know, to have the thing turn out like it did, and score late in the game against Nashville, and, you know, to, to be there in game six, and to just take it in, and it was just special, I mean, it's an unbelievable experience, and I just realized, you know, as a coach being in the game for so long, what everybody's passion and dream is, is to hold that Stanley Cup be a part of winning. That kind of, you know, culminates a lot of people's careers. And to have guys that have never played in a playoff game, let alone to win a Stanley Cup, I mean, to have it happen when you're 22 years old, I mean, and then, to, you know, to have the after effect to go home and see the amount of people in our community that were affected by it. I mean, there were people sleeping in the in lines at midnight to see the cup the next day at 1 o'clock when Jake brought it to the rink. I mean, so, you know, that kind of stuff like that tells you a lot about, you know, what it means and what your son meant, and
4: um, it's pretty unique. What
3: was that cup day like being a hometown hero?
4: Yeah. You know, it was cool. I mean, um, like you said, a lot of people, we brought it to the rink for a couple hours, and, um I don't even know how many kids were there, but I think a lot of families and and stuff showed up for that. So I think that was the coolest thing. And um, then we brought it to a local, kind of local bar area where uh, my mom kind of does pulled tabs, and um, we had we had a little back room for our friends and family and. Um, and then we went to the golf course, had a couple, like, uh, family, closest <laughs> buddies. It's um, supposed to
2: be a small gathering of, yeah. you know, 200 <laughs> or so. 200 yeah. so of your closest friends Yeah, we yeah. played,
4: life. like, a couple of us played, like, four or five holes. And we went to, like, the eighth hole, because, like, the eighth hole kind of goes up to the clubhouse. We had a little game on that that hole. So, um, and then there was a, a little party at the golf course where mother invited a lot more people than we kind of expected. <laughs> but yeah. um, the wealth. Yeah. It was cool, I mean, just to have everyone there and taking photos and, and all that to kind of celebrate and um, have people drink out of it, I think, is a, a night we'll always remember. Yeah.
3: Who's the best golfer in the Gensels?
2: Who's the best golfer? It changes. It changes day to day. Brothers. Brothers. Brothers? Yeah.
3: Oh, really? So the younger ones are?
2: <laughs> yeah, I, do, I can beat one of them once every once in a while. Not often. Okay. So I won't win in the foursome um, unless maybe I play one-on-one against somebody and the group is not together. But it changes. One day it could be Jake, one day it's Ryan, the yeah. next day it's Gabe. It just kind of depends, I mean, who's on and who's not mentally uh, distracted, I would <laughs> say. You know? uh, and I don't mean mentally distracted, who gets frustrated because the ball isn't going in the, same, the right direction sometimes gets somebody's competitive juices a little bit sideways. I would best. I say the best way to say that is they just get a little bit, you know, because it's competition again, you yeah. know. So, it's a mental thing. Oh, no, It yep. is a mental thing and then, you know, somebody starts blaming somebody or somebody's upset because they <laughs> didn't do their job, and, the, you know, it's competitive.
3: But I love, to, I love to see that spirit.
2: Yeah, it's so close. It's incredible. If you go to the handicaps and stuff, it's, like, fractions of where the they're, those three are so different. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. Minus one, minus you know, for me, I don't hang with them very often, but I have fun doing it.
1: Interesting. So it's a rotation, really, with the brothers for who's on top every day? Yeah, time. it's
4: crazy. I mean, yeah. Yeah. one person, plot? yeah, we... I mean we try to at least, it's harder with brothers working now but yeah. um, it's nice and we can all four can go and go and, and enjoy it and play a little competition.
3: When you go home you s- still live at home right?
4: Uh, I just got a house. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. yeah, congrats. Thanks. Yeah. He was, so. Finally. <laughs> Finally. He was he with
2: us most of the summer. In the then center. he uh, he bought a house three days before he had to go to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so I was like, okay, this is great. You know, I'll go buy a new couch, and then, Dad, you got to take over from there. You <laughs> know? Yeah. So cut the grass and get everything. And he came back to Labor Day weekend and spent a couple of nights there. But, yeah, we're uh, kind of watching until he gets back. But, I mean, it's crazy. He bought a house and slept in it three, four times, and that's it. So. Well, it's, it's got nothing in it right now, but it's a nice place in the lake, and we'll get it stocked up this, this uh, spring, but it'll be a lot of work. so
3: I hear you guys are a lot in common, but one thing you don't have in common is cleanliness. Is that correct? That's I'm very correct. That's, <laughs> correct. That's very <laughs> correct. <laughs> That's very <laughs> correct. You got, you got we have some here, anal though.
2: cleanness in our house, <laughs> and we have some guys that just don't think that they have to do it right away. It just kind of adds up. and so, But mom and dad take care of most of that. Most of know, and yeah. yeah, I can hardly wait to go to Jake's place, although he's got roommates now, so I bet she's better. But I haven't been there, because I know last year when I got there, it was at practice, and oof, by the time <laughs> I got done stocking piles of laundry here and there and whatever, I was like, this is going to take a while to get them in the right piles, let alone wash them. So I'm hoping it's a little bit better, because those nice suits that he buys that I can't afford to buy <laughs> that lay on the floor wrinkled with the dress shirts and the tie still around the neck, I hope I don't have to see that. But I think his roommates are probably doing a better job of taking care of that now.
1: Roommates might be uh, related to you if I understand yep. correctly, right?
2: Brother. Right. Yeah. Yes. Have you been um, in line a little bit?
4: Yeah, a little <laughs> bit. I mean, it's good to have him here. Obviously he likes games and he's working a lot, so I don't see him much, but it's yeah. nice having uh, him.
2: Unfortunately here. for me, one and three are a lot alike. Two is the one that's more like me. Uh, so, you know, I gotta think that you know, we got two piles of unclean rooms. <laughs> <laughs> that's my guess when I go out there. But I would think that uh there's probably gonna be a little rearrangement, maybe tomorrow or Thursday morning before he goes to work to say, you know what, dad's showing up today, I gotta yeah. get something done. So, <laughs> you
3: know, yeah, at least he has an alert that you're coming. <laughs> so Ryan's back home scrubbing everything. Right uh, <laughs> I don't
2: need to scrub everything. I just think making sure he's making sure pile, stuffs are in the yeah. right piles and dishes are where they need to be and there's no water bottles laying all over. Like That's a hard thing. I mean, I've never seen so many plastic water bottles in a place in my them. life. Yeah. I mean, you have to take two trips to the recycle bin when you get there you just <laughs> to throw everything away. So it's, it's unique to say the least.
3: So who does the cooking in the house?
4: No, uh, it changes. Uh, my girlfriend does a lot of the cooking now, so it helps out a lot. and um, It's nice for me and Ryan, so we can kind of sit back and relax. <laughs> well, and yeah,
2: before, the, uh, their cook used to be uh, Chipotle yeah. and, um, you know, Jeez, wherever, so Subway it, it could be some, yeah, yeah, sub shop or whatever. That was their cook. So this has been better, actually, having Natalie there. I think they get more home-cooked meals and yeah. can stay in a little bit more, which is good. In the Twitter world, I don't have to read about going here or there or wherever, and, <laughs> you know, you can kind of just get your rest and do your stuff and eat and so I would bet Natalie's got it kind of clean in there too.
3: It's kind of going full circle here which is you wrote a book report on Sidney Crosby when you were a kid. <laughs> oh yeah we weren't leaving this out. <laughs> yeah. We weren't going to let you get away with this. Uh, obviously he was your favorite player growing up so yeah. That was about the book report. Did you yeah. get an A first of all? I, don't,
4: I honestly don't remember the grade I got but um, just kind of funny how it worked out. I read the book about him and um, I think he was just my favorite player growing up because um, obviously, you've seen what he's done in his career and, and whatnot, but um, just to learn, um, now you're playing with him, you, you see kind of, the, they were talking about superstitions and all that, and you just kind of see those um, and whatnot, how he plays and how he carries himself off the ice, I think. Um, just a great person on and off the ice, and um, I think that's the best thing you notice about him, how good of a teammate he really is. Yeah, they say you're
3: not supposed to meet your idols, but in this sense, it's yeah. the opposite. <laughs> yeah, he's I He's probably know. better than you imagined he yeah, would be. Literally. Yeah, literally.
2: It's crazy because I, you know, from day one they put Jake next to him in the locker room, you know, and yeah, right. you know follow him, watch him. I mean, he couldn't be at any more close to figuring out how to be a good player, do your things the right way, train, eat, do. Where, I mean, it's a pretty good role model, mentorship type of thing when you have that opportunity. Do you take any superstitions from him? Oh, no. he, I <laughs> just try
4: and stay away. I'm a guy one in warm I have to pass pucks with him, but.
1: Yeah, because actually I remember now, not to go off on a tangent, but I remember when you first came up, there were stories about when you were in Wilkes-Barre to kind of release your energy before the games. You would sprint up and down the hallways or something like that. I don't know. And I see sometimes in warm-ups you do the twirl along the boards. I don't know if you do that anymore. I don't see Are you still doing that? Is that just just to kind of get the nerves out? Yeah, I don't
4: know how that started. I think Scott Wilson hit me one one warm-up, and I kind of just went that way, and kind of just stuck with it now and now Rusty hits me and kind of stay with it so it's kind of weird yeah Yeah, Yeah. there's a gif out there that has it too so it's kind of funny yeah Yeah, I think we tracked it down for one of the stories I think yeah (laughs) somebody found it yeah Yeah.
3: it's all out there
2: well it's a creature of habit sometimes you see in Jake too you know and I was worried that night in the warm-ups when he got called up and like God, he can't do all the stuff he normally does. When, <laughs> when he shoots, when he stick handles, where he goes, he just stood out in the neutral zone let all the other guys shooting. Yeah. I'm like, God, are you I didn't ever shoot take a shot so one. So oh, his yeah. shot was the golden. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I he's just, just literally. If he did shoot, it was in the corner, shooting it at the glass. You know, because he's got a little routine. He flips it up against the glass, and he shoots a couple <laughs> off the sideboards, and like. You know, if he shoots it on the net, tonight, it'll be the first time he shot in the last, you know, 15 <laughs> minutes of war, cause he didn't do it in warm So, but that's you know what you learn, and when you have to figure out how the routine is here, because everybody's got a routine.
3: Yeah, does anybody give you the 4-1-1 with like, hey, this is this guy goes this part and the line when you go out, this guy shoots here?
4: No, I just I think they just kind of said watch out for a couple guys out there because they're <laughs> kind of going pretty fast. So, I just try to stay out of the way as much as I can and and try and watch and and, and try and. Um, learn where not to go at times. <laughs> I think
3: people don't realize how crazy that is with the order of going out, oh, where oh, you gosh. sit on the plane,
4: where you sit on the it's bus. It's incredible, Everything,
3: yeah.
2: There's a routine. You have to follow it. It's a code. Exactly, yeah. It's it the code. Incredible. And you know what? You don't mess around with the code.
3: Usually you got that one guy that can help you out, though. Yeah. You know, say, all right, you guys sit here, here's an opening, or yeah. don't mess with this.
2: Yeah, I think that's where Sid and those guys do a pretty good job, too. You know, you figure out what you can and cannot do, where you go, what number you are when you go out for warm ups and a starting lineup and so it's kinda handed down so to speak and an unwritten or unheard or untold truth I guess. So it's uh, yeah, you learn. I mean that's hockey. It's a routine orientated business and there is a lot of superstitions and certain things that guys do that you just don't touch.
5: You choose, four years talking about the real world or four years immersed in it. After a hands-on, career-focused education, Point Park graduates enter the workforce prepared to succeed. Professionally designed, that's the point. Point Park University, downtown Pittsburgh, pointpark.edu.
1: All right, that was Jake and his dad, Mike Gensel, here, a special edition to the Scoop podcast, as they were kind enough to join us. And now we welcome in Michelle Crecciolo of Pen's Inside Scoop. Michelle, we heard a little bit about the superstitions there, and I know we've all gotten accru- accustomed to Sidney Crosby and how insane he is with his superstitions, but Jake Gensel's not far behind.
5: Well, it was I had to laugh when Jake was talking about reading about Sid's superstitions in that book, because I feel like the three of us could probably write our own book about Jake's superstitions, <laughs> and I've actually written about them, I feel like, plenty of times, uh, throughout his career so far. Uh, you and I right now are just not uh, in a good place with him in term of superstitions because uh, we just haven't had uh, good luck with him lately. But I think you more so yeah. than any of us.
1: We should say that that interview that we recorded, Sam was next to him. I was on the opposite end of the table, like the furthest possible point I could be away from him in that <laughs> interview. And I think he was comfortable <laughs> with that because for some reason, whenever he talks to me, he feels like he's not going to score. As his dad told him, it's all between his ears. (laughs) Exactly. not a real thing. Yeah. But maybe it is a real thing. I'll I'll honor it. I'll stay away from the guy. I'll keep Penguins fans happy. But uh, (laughs) he's definitely superstitious (laughs) as far as talking to me now.
5: Yeah, because you talked to him for the pregame interview before we went to Boston on Black Friday in November. And because he claims that the last time you talked to him, he went on a lengthy goalless streak. And Is he actually did know. I feel like the amount of games it was and everything. Yeah, the last time we talked down. was
1: Vancouver yeah. at the end of the Western Canada trip, and then I think he said it was—I don't remember exactly how many it was—but I want to say it was five or six games he didn't score, and that was my fault.
5: Right, it was I, all. I on guess you. Well,
1: clearly, <laughs> as we all remember, it wasn't the best hockey overall for the Penguins yeah, after that Western exactly. Canada trip, too. So I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe it was.
5: <laughs> it was just funny too because because walking to the bus after that game, uh, the overtime loss to the Bruins. You know he he did mention it to me because he walked out of the locker room and I was walking down the hallway, and he said, "You know, just let Josh know that I'm definitely not talking to him anymore because I told him that he was going to be bad luck and he was bad luck. So and then we had that. And then before the Penguins played the Flyers on December first, you know, I went over to him in the locker room and, and just said, "Hey, you know, you you usually have success against these guys. You mind if we do a quick interview And, he was like, "Why would you? Why would you say that? Why would you, you know, call it out and, and mention that? Because now I'm not going to have success against them." And I was like, "No, no, I'm, I'm good luck. I think, you know, this is, is going to go well." And what did he do? First shift of the game sets up Sidney Crosby for a goal, and it was just so funny because after the game he came up to me, he's like, "You're lucky. <laughs> You're lucky that I got a point in that game because if I didn't, it was going to be your fault." So yeah, you and I have definitely uh, been burdened with with being the the good luck and the bad luck for Jake, but it's. It's pretty funny.
3: Yeah, but why am I getting lumped into this? <laughs> yeah, I know. Every time, I, every time the... I talk to me, he either scores a goal, gets a point. And the one time he didn't, he got a, a, at least a plus one. So I don't know why I'm – this is like guilt by association. (laughs) He's just meshing me in with the entire inside scoop.
5: Yeah, he he did say that you you are guilty by association. Yeah, I know. He told
1: me. That's the thing. Unfortunately, I bring you guys down because I'm not even technically (laughs) in the inside scoop, and he just groups me with you guys. So unfortunately, sorry, I (laughs) I bring you guys down. Oh, Josh, you're killing us. I know. I have like the dead weight in the back of the truck (laughs) or something there. (laughs) the heavy log (laughs) in the back of the boat. (laughs)
5: Well, yeah, and he has selective memory because, as you guys might recall – during his first postseason in 2017, I will never forget this. It was the, you this know, this is the, true. Yeah. yeah. I know where you're going. with Exactly. This. So it was before game two against Columbus in the first round. And Sid had a crowd of reporters around his stall. So he was, you know, with his stall being next to Sid's, he was sitting off to the side, just waiting for a chance to go in and get his gear put on. And, you know, I just went over to him and asked him if he would do an interview. And I said, And the, I talked to Brian Rust ahead of game one, and Brian Rust scored in that game. So I told Jake, you know, like, I'm good luck. You know, I promise. And he was like, all right, perfect. Like, we'll do an interview. So he scored his first ever playoff goal in that game, in game two. And, you know, when I went into the locker room afterward, you know, we just looked at each other started laughing. And I was like, I told you I was good luck. And he's like, I know you were right. And then it was after, before game three in Columbus, he was getting a stick already in the locker room or outside of the locker room. And I just went up to him and was like, hey, consider this our conversation. He was like, all right, perfect. Like, this is it. And then what did he do in that game? He had a hat trick, including the overtime winner, and the, <laughs> the Penguins win. So, I wonder which goal was his favorite. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. and then, so from then on out, I just picked my spots throughout the rest of the, the postseason. And I think he went on a run where he had nine goals in 12 games. And it was literally every time we talked, he scored. So him and I had a good run together, so I don't know just what went wrong. I think it must just be Josh dragging the rest of us down, that's but you absolutely, lose the motive, then? I know that's what I'm saying. It
1: was when the Scoop Podcast was <laughs> formed, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what took down it Jay Cancel. <laughs> <It laughs> but he did get that contract extension. I said to him the other day that first I congratulated him on it, but as I told yeah. you guys, I also told him that. He doesn't have to worry because I'm going to really make an effort over these next five <laughs> years, well, six, I guess if you count this year, right. to stay away from him. I'm not going to talk to him. I, I mean, he's, oh, Josh, that's going to be hard. dream. Yeah. Don't tempt <laughs> me
3: with a good time.
1: You know, it's, it's tough because he's right next to Sidney Crosby, locker room stall-wise. So I have to, like, he's to, if you sit sitting down, he's to his left with the stalls. So when Sid does the scrums, I have to make sure that I'm Rotating to Sid's right, right. So I'm even not in his stall because if he looks at me, he gets nervous. So
5: he does. I can vouch for that absolutely.
1: What we have to say is, and if Jake listens to this, he'll know deep down that he is a little insane. So, <laughs> when it all comes to, that 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 that's. But insane people are good. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's been good for the Penguins. Exactly. Yeah. It's I called mean, dedication. Yeah. Right. Yes. Dedication to the craft of superstition. I yeah. guess you have to respect it a little yeah. bit.
5: Yeah. You do. I mean, I, I know I'm guilty of it too. I, I definitely have my own superstitions that I know deep down they have no effect. Whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> whatsoever on anything that happens in life but it just makes my myself feel better so I guess you know if if Jake not talking to us is what makes him feel better then I guess we'll uh we'll go with it
1: and I have always wondered which
3: one of those three goals was his favorite <laughs> 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 ask him he'll tell you yeah. yeah
5: he definitely will
3: uh Mish you actually got to see him in his natural habitat in Minnesota what was that trip like I know you went up there over the summer and got to spend some time with him and his family at the at the Gensel home and, and everything, hang with the crew, so uh, what was that like?
5: Yeah, it was awesome. I think you know, the three of us have gotten the chance to spend a lot of time with him and his family. I mean, you guys have uh, spent some time with Mike, and I actually had the chance to spend some time with Sally, his mother when we were there, she was just an incredible host to us. At the she time, has to be a saint. She is an absolute <laughs> saint. And and the boys all know it too, which is good. You know, they, <laughs> they, they appreciate it, that. Yeah. yeah, they respect they're all, it. They're all mama boys. They, they really are. It's, it's so fun to see, but, and she takes care of him. And that was when he was still living in the house. So I know that, you know, they, Mike and, and Jake had that good banter with you guys about Jake not being clean at all. Uh, it was just well, you're so a f-
3: witness. Why don't you uh, set the record straight? <laughs>
5: Well, Sally was the one that brought it up. So as much uh, as Jake wants to say that, you know, he's clean. So we've got a <laughs>
3: legitimate source here. Exactly.
5: Well, we have her and we have Mike who are both saying that he's not. So I'm definitely going to trust uh, his <laughs> parents over Jake.
1: Yeah, they've seen him kind of evolve into what he is.
5: Exactly. So and it's just funny because um, Sally did say they are so much alike, and, and so they do butt heads uh, a lot because of that. But uh, it was just cool to, to get a tour of the house because you can definitely tell that a hockey family lives there. Um, they're, you know, Jake played at Nebraska Omaha, um, and then the other boys played at um, Notre Dame and Colorado College. So, you know, just memorabilia from from all of those years, and and Mike's time at uh, Minnesota are just all throughout the house. There's a, there's something on the TV stand that said, you know, there's no off season. Uh, just all these cool knickknacks and and things around the house, and. Uh, you know, Sally was kind enough to take us around and, and through this storage area they have in their basement where she had just every single jersey that Jake's ever worn, all these cool photos of him as a kid, um, you know, tagging along with his with his brothers and his dad. Uh, it was I think that was just the, the coolest part is just seeing what a hockey family they truly are. And you know, I remember Jake saying after the the cup in, in 17 that, you know, I've dreamed of this my whole life. And you're like, well, you're only, you know, 24 years old or t- 23 years old. I mean, this how can you have been dreaming this your whole life? But it's so true. I mean, from the time he was a newborn, he was in the rink with, with his mom and his brothers. I mean, Sally told me it was a, a couple weeks after he was born, the other boys had a tournament, and she had to take him, so she brought Jake with her. <laughs> he was just sitting in the stands. So uh, I think that was just the coolest part of it. And then uh, just getting to spend some time on, on the golf course. He he mentioned to you guys, mm-hmm. we went around with with Jake, Mike, and, and two of Jake's buddies from from growing up, and... Uh, it unfortunately was an off day for Jake, so we actually had a mic'd up for for in the room, and you know he at one point just whacked his his ball into the trees, and you just hear him just muttering under his breath, <laughs> maybe throwing in a few swear you know words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he he did know he was Mike, but that was one thing Mike did say was that you know Jake used to you know he is so competitive that there are times he'd be whacking his club around and you know throwing his putter and just you know getting over emotionally said that he's seen him learn how to keep those emotions in better check as he's learned to become a, a better professional. So um, that was interesting. But I think just the craziest part is that, you know, he loves having grown up in Minnesota. He he called it God's country <laughs> to me. You know, he's so at home there. He just loves um, living there. But it's just funny because most people don't even know who Jake is outside of his community. And to think that he's had this crazy successful career so far but that you know most people don't even necessarily know who he is when he's just you know around his hometown is just wild to think about
1: especially when you think about all the great players in minnesota and and that have come from minnesota that go back there in the summertime he probably does still kind of fly under the radar a little bit and he's probably fine with that i mean all (laughs) things considered
5: yeah we actually went to the beauty league which has games every wednesday and there's a lot of pro players that are part of that and yeah, yeah, he was he was kind of under the the radar. Like I remember, you know, Paul Martin was there. He is retired now, but he's still a, a big prominent figure in in the local, you know, Minnesota hockey scene. And he was just like the mayor of the rink and just you know holding court with everything. But uh, even with the other guys there, like Zach Prise, Ryan McDonough, you know, all these big names, it's you know Jake's still you know maybe not necessarily on that same level of those guys yet because he hasn't been in the league long enough. Yeah. But so it's just interesting interesting to see, but. Um, you know, even growing up playing his youth hockey in Woodbury, which is a suburb of the Twin Cities, uh, he played with a lot of other current NHL players, and it's just so amazing to see the, the history of hockey there and to, to grow up around that, and especially you know, with his dad having the, the hockey background he does and his brothers both playing, I mean, they are just a hockey family.
3: He was destined to be a hockey player.
1: <laughs> and he's become a pretty good one. Yes,
5: he is. And I'm sure has. next
3: year at the, the Beauty League, he's going to have to buy some uh, lunches when that new contract kicks in. Yeah, you will. Maybe well, he'll uh, well still well have learned, that. Well deserved, definitely well deserved for Jake. Maybe he'll still have that Bic jersey on. That made me crack <laughs> up those
1: pictures of the Bic like old pencil or pen logo, whatever it was. I remember back in the day, everyone had the Bic like uh, number two lead pencil, <laughs> <laughs> which Jake is kind of
3: like. So yeah, that makes. I'm sense. a pen guy, Josh. Everything with me is permanent.
5: <laughs> well, it's just so funny to think too that, you know, he's he's won a Stanley Cup, he signed a, a big contract extension. And I think that he, you know, still
3: still was living at home and
5: And rooming just a, just a on the old, road with good old kid, his you know, good old Minnesota boy. Yeah, like because he's on the last year of his entry level contract still. So those right. guys have to share rooms while his, you know, the veteran players have their own rooms. So Jake is still, you know, he's he's got all this stuff going for him, but he still has to either Sharing with Ricola, Zach so <laughs> I think it might be <laughs> Casey Dismiss. So I'm sure maybe there's some cold play playing when uh, he's sharing a room with you. So and uh, I, I'm not sure what's going on when he shares a room with any of the other guys. But it's just it's just such a, an interesting parallel I fear, f- feel for Jake right now that you know he's had such success, but he is still so young and he has so much more to to accomplish in his career yet. You know I know he wants to obviously win another cup, but uh, the Penguins are just so fortunate. I feel to to have him locked in for a few more years because of the the young talent that he is.
3: He's just the humblest, most down-to-earth superstar there is.
5: Yep, I would agree with that. He is uh, definitely turning into a young, uh, bona fide superstar.
1: Looking forward to seeing his years progress here in Pittsburgh. And it was also really fun, and, and we appreciate, all, in all seriousness, him and Mike Gensel taking the time to talk to us because that was a lot of uh, fun and we learned a lot from those guys too they, they bring some good stuff to the table all right that is the latest edition of the scoop podcast in the books big thanks to mike and jake gensel for taking the time with us and of course a big thanks to our executive producer wayne gretzky anderson for sam Kassan and michelle Creciolo. i'm josh getzoff and we'll catch you here next time on the scoop podcast presented by point park university who reminds you that that's the point